welcome to this episode of Your Journey to Self podcast. My name is Mila and I'll be joined by my friend Albert. Albert and I have a special guest for you today. His name is David Jones and he is the author of the book The Awakening of Death. On this episode, David will share with us the incredible story of his personal journey. He will share with us how this book came to be and the incredible tools that helped him to make this book a reality. This episode is full of insights. Some of them will trigger you and hopefully show you what within you needs to be healed. Others will maybe give you some inspiration for your personal journey. We're here to help you heal and expand. And if you like what you hear, please remember to like, share, subscribe. Check out our Instagram accounts for more content. And thank you for listening. Hello and welcome everyone to Your Journey to Self uh, podcast. On our next episode, of course, I'm joined by my very, very good friend, Albert, and my accomplice in everything I do. <laughs> I'm so excited. And I'm especially excited today because we have a special guest, Dave. Um, we met actually through Instagram. It seems like Instagram has pulled in all the wonderful people into my life that just made my journey so much better. And um, Albert, I will give it over to you so that you can introduce Dave to our listeners. Yes, with so much pleasure and so much joy, of course. <clears throat> I've met David. I, I don't know how I stumbled on his page, but the name of the profile just popped up and I felt that here is something to explore, you know? <laughs> and I reached out to him and through him, I met you. You were friends before on Instagram. <laughs> and I don't know, I, I got really spontaneous about it and I wrote him and we talk we we had a video call and <clears throat> we kept repeating that and every time i got the opportunity to sit down with him and catch up the energy exchange and the ideas that we were sharing really moved something in me in the way that I wanted to meet him, you know, better yes. to see from where that click came from. And it was like, it happened in our case, you know, it was instant yeah. click and we just felt so open about it. And that's how I've met Dave. Yeah. And you mentioned um, the name of the page on Instagram uh, where you found Dave. It is um, the awakening of death, right? It was saying yes. it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And Dave, do you want to tell us a little bit um, about yourself and how this um, 
page came about and what it's all about. Where are you from? What are you up to? And maybe talk a little bit about your journey because that's what our podcast is about, sharing your journey. So okay. up yeah. to you. That's great. Well, first off, um, both of you, thank you so much for inviting me on. Uh, I listened to your first episode and I loved it. And then when Albert asked me to be a part of this one, I was just like, yes, what an opportunity. That's fantastic. <laughs> So thank you both. Um, so my journey, yeah, wow. I was always pretty much, I class myself as an average guy growing up. Still am, but kind of doing the stuff, you know, average lads do, going out, drinking, going to football, um, just getting off my face every weekend, getting out of control. Um, and I was pretty happy in life, to be honest, just drifting along, doing that each weekend and working a dead-end job. Um, and yeah, as I got older, I kind of started to see, oh, maybe this isn't the right path. Maybe this isn't the way to be living. Um, I found the gym. I really got into gym and kind of exercising and eating right. And that started to shift my perception a little bit, but I still had that kind of lad culture mentality behind me. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of yeah a really shocking event happened my, my best friend um i don't want to give too much away because it's what my book is based around but basically my best friend who supported me all through his life um he passed away in front of me like very suddenly one day he mm. um he battled with cystic fibrosis all his life and never once did i hear him moan or any ne negativity he was such a positive positive beautiful person and whenever I was down and out, he would literally pick me up. Whenever I was lying in the gutter, literally, he would pick me up and he would never judge me. And he was just, yeah, he was a little ray of light. Um, he had his lung transplant. That went fantastically well. And then he decided to get married and he started exercising and training for marathons because he had this new set of lungs in him, this new lease of life. Uh, I was the best man at his wedding. Um, I was so honoured and yeah, it all, everything just seemed roses um, and it was like a new beginning for him. And then literally about a year and a half after this, uh, he just contracted um, bronchitis, pneumonia. And without going into too much detail, the, the body can't cope because it has to have um, immunity blocking drugs anyway, or else the body mm. would reject the lungs so literally he had no immune system and his body just couldn't cope with all that stuff and yeah his, his wife called me into hospital one weekend and said Dean's not going to make it and I, I couldn't process that it, it didn't sit with me because Dean was always mm. in that hospital all of his life mm. um, and I just thought well maybe she's just being a little bit sensitive and he'll be okay um, so literally yeah, I went to the gym on that morning I remember <laughs> because <laughs> I didn't know what to do so I went to the gym because mm -hmm. that was my coping mechanism and then I went to the hospital in the afternoon and literally I was with him for the the last hour of his life and he just went very suddenly right in front of me um so the, there's a chapter actually in my book and it's that chapter is called stars in their eyes and it's based on um there used to be an old tv show I, I don't know you probably won't know it but here in England there used to be a tv show it was awful awful show and people would go behind a curtain um and come out a different person but kind of dressed as their singer that they wanted to impersonate mm -hmm. so it's okay. like a yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah do you yeah, know yeah. it albert 
Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we have we have our Romanian version of it. <laughs> yeah, it was real Saturday night television. Um, so literally, I compare myself to that. I, I went in that hospital room, kind of the old Dave Jones, and I literally came out a different person that day. And it was mm -hmm. such a transition. Um, and I mean, it didn't happen instantly, but I went home that night and I just, I just started thinking, well, what, what is this all about? What, what is, what is life about? Mm -hmm. Um, thankfully his, his family were very kind and allowed me to have 10 minutes with Dean in the room after he'd left his body. So I just, it was just me and him sat in the room and I was just alone with this, this shell, this, this corpse. And I was thinking this, this isn't you this this isn't you all the stuff you taught me all the lessons all your positivity it can't just be for nothing um and yeah I, I literally had the most profound overwhelming sense of unconditional love in that moment mm -hmm. it was like we were surrounded and engulfed by love and light and I know it sounds so cheesy and cliche but that this is what happened and I just started to sob and I felt like real genuine love not not in the romantic sense or the biological sense just real pure unconditional love um and it was magical and i was hugging him i was kissing him i mean had he been alive he did that in me away and say what are you doing <laughs> but i was just there holding this shell of a man um and i knew that whatever dean was had left that shell that he used um to get around while he was on earth that body he'd left it and yeah, that feeling will stay with me forever. Um, and if I'm ever down, I just, I go back to that feeling. I remember that. And so that, that was the spark of, of my awakening as such. Mm -hmm. And I just went home a few nights later, started Googling, researching, and then literally all these doors started to open up. And it was kind of, it's kind of, it is the veil had been lifted from me. Mm -hmm. Um, I first off started learning a lot about the ego and what the ego was and how it helps us to navigate the world yeah. we're in now, the 3D plane. Um, and a lot of communities, the, the ego will get a bad rep, but that's far from it because without the ego, we wouldn't be here now. Um, but I learned to learn how about it actually helped us interact with the 3D world mm -hmm. and how over time it has evolved to be a little bit out of balance the ego has so it's all about bringing it back in line and softening it and making it your friend um so in that moment in hindsight I realized when I was in the hospital room with Dean that my ego structure of the way I thought the world was that day had actually shattered because what I thought was reality uh wasn't and that's when the ego shatters and this is what sparks an awakening. Um, yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a traumatic event. I've found I've had friends with real positive events happen in their life that have sparked awakenings as well as mm -hmm. to who we truly are. Um, and so that was it. My life just, yeah, as I say, doors opened. I started meditating, which I never, ever thought I would do. I completely stopped drinking because I was learning about who I am and what I am. Yeah. Um, and it was through the meditation one day that I got this voice say to me, write a book, literally out of the blue, out of nothing, write a book. And I was like, I got out of the meditation. I thought, well, that was, that was weird. I was like, that, that wasn't my mind. That was, 
like it in a voice or something. I've not experienced anything like that before. So you've never thought about writing a book before that? Never, never, okay. ever, ever. I, I studied English literature at college, but I skipped classes most of the time. I was too busy. <laughs> I was too busy getting high and taking drugs. Yeah. And yeah. I remember it. I remember this from the first talk we had. You skipping yeah. classes. Um, <laughs> I literally, so that was what I'm 30. I'm 37 now and when I was at college I was 18 and I never read a book from college since that was it I left the A-level stuff there the literature stuff mm -hmm. and yeah no desire to ever write or anything um, but do you know what I just after that I just got a pen and a pad I didn't question that voice and I just started writing like what I wanted to put in my book and laying out chapters and I literally thought I'm going to document my life from birth up until I am now um, my awakening, how it happened, and then what I've learned on my spiritual journey, mm -hmm. and apply that hindsight to my life, which to an onlooker might seem very negative, the events that happened, but now because I know how kind of the universe works, and that sounds really big-headed in a way, I still don't know, but <laughs> the things I've learned make sense and help me to, to navigate the past, mm -hmm. um, and it all makes sense, it's all slotted into place. It's all why my parents and my parents, I understand why I chose them now and the lessons I learned. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, that's, that's my book and it's, it's split into two parts. Um, it, it's very open, it's, it, it was tough for me to write, um, particularly because it involves my, my parents, but um, it had to be done, it was a soul calling and I just followed that calling. Yeah, it, and it um, is The Awakening of Death, so that's the name of your book, right? It's The Awakening of Death because literally it was the death of my best friend that, that brought about my awakening, so it's a little bit of a oxymoron in a sense, but um, yeah, it's I just I, up, I just got, got my computer and started writing. <laughs> that's amazing, so you, you channeled the book, you know, you hear that a lot about people, but this is, um, this is really amazing and very also very touching story and a lot of what you said said made so much sense to me like uh, when you talk about the ego for instance how um, you hear a lot that the ego is the bad thing we have to get rid of it we have to turn away from it and I share that view that you shared that we have to learn how to work with it because it has its place it has its place in our life it's here to guide us through the 3D and to protect us in some ways. But the problem is when the ego takes the reign of your life and completely controls you. That's, you know, the balance that we have to find there. And um, what, what really touched me from what you said is how when your friend passed away, that feeling of unconditional love. I've experienced many losses in, in our family and it was all, all within a very short time that four people in the very close family just died within like two years. So, uh, and I remember at one of the funerals when I was sitting there, it was totally unexpected, but I felt like the room we were sitting at the service and I felt like the room was filled with just I can't even explain like golden light like mm. I kind of closed my eyes because we were listening to a person speak about my uncle and I closed my eyes and there was like this golden light and I just felt this unbelievable feeling of unconditional love and uh, 
I think like once you felt feel that once, it just changes you, doesn't it? It just changes you. And and I mean, I, I don't think that we have to go specifically through death experience to feel it, but it definitely is a feeling that changes you. It does. For me, I think that's one of the very important stages of the awakening. When you connect with that feeling of uh, unconditional love, it, in, in, a, in a sense, this is the love or the energy that created us. At least that's yeah. how I view it. So once you connect with that once, it's like you can't unsee or unfeel it. It's just you're there, you know, and it's so deep and profound. So very um, interesting story. Um, I don't know. Um, do you do you want to add something, Albert? Or um, just yeah, you, your your description then was beautiful, and I fully um yeah 100 percent feel and agree with what you said and yeah that kind of discovering who and what we are who am i and like you said then the, the the feeling of unconditional love that we kind of are are made from and beneath all the layers of stuff the erroneous stuff that we've learned and what i'm finding now it's not to learn to be love you are love we are love it's about stripping the layers back to reveal that light kind of Absolutely. just yeah you, you've used the analogy i think in your first one about peeling an onion or yes yeah just there's a story about a buddha um years ago when um i don't know one of the monasteries was getting raided or something i can't remember the exact story mm -hmm. but they're after the treasure and there's this golden buddha and basically they they buried this buddha in mud and mud so the people that were invading um, couldn't find the treasure in the end that they didn't know where it was. Anyway, centuries later, or ever, how long the story goes, the mud started to de decay from this golden Buddha statue. Mm -hmm. And I think the really good analogy. So beneath all the layers of mud, there is that beautiful golden Buddha within us all that just is dying to shine. Um, but yeah, sometimes beneath all the layers that the ego can create, if you allow it to, it's kind of swamped down and bogged down so it's all about yeah just letting our true inner selves shine which is so scary to do sometimes especially in a society that wants us to behave in such a kind of uh one way and fit into a certain system that i followed all my life through out of fear um which again is part of the ego and that's fine but um again it can dominate you if you allow it to and you can let life pass you by if uh, if you don't take the cues yeah uh, definitely yeah you have um, a big bone go on albert <laughs> sorry you have to take ownership and to apply this not just in the ego's case it goes the same with every aspect with every us that is buried within that layer that you were talking about mm -hmm. yes 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 absolutely i like that it's it's yeah finding yourself within all of that that's it and, and embracing all, all embracing the, yeah uh, all, all the mud all the dirtiness just embracing yes. it all what, what it is to be human and yeah and i think some 
some spiritual communities as I was finding out early on, they want to push all that away and just go, and it's, it's no, you've got to embrace every single moment. Absolutely. No matter how neurotic or dirty. Or <laughs> that's what, that's exactly what I also, uh, when you were talking about it, the negative experiences that you had in the past, in your, in your past that you talk about in your book as well, that um, eventually you became, you, after you awakening, you kind of begin to see them as valuable basically for your life as, as, as a part of your life that you embraced and you know that they actually lead you where you, where you had to go. And I can so resonate with that. Uh, I've had some pretty, um, yeah, from the perspective of our <laughs> earthly life, very uh, difficult experiences uh, that nobody sh maybe should, we would say nobody should experience. But to be honest with you, some people say to me, how could you ever forgive like someone who harmed you or someone who did something to you? How can you ever forgive? And it's very hard to explain, but I don't have to forgive anymore because what happened to me was part of my journey and it's okay. Like it just made my life where it is. And all of that kind of made sense and played role in it, no matter how we describe it in our life as bad, is there really such a thing as bad or good? I mean, if you look at it without um, taking out our, our validation for everything, on earth, then everything has its place. And sometimes things are bad and we feel bad for people that experience them, but on a higher level, everything has its meaning and a purpose. And I think when we embrace that and accept that, it builds this sort of trust within us. It's like a, like a core within ourselves that's so strong because you trust that everything happens for a reason that you're being guided that you are protected that there is this incredible love that surrounds you just all the time no matter what you're going through and that core is built through this trust this trust that and and, and when you begin to embrace these negative experiences that we describe as negative right yeah yeah I think that every time we trust that feeling and even the knowingness that that love, it's always there for us, we build up a channel. And then every time we want to tap in that unconditional love, which is a magnetic, unified field, basically. Yeah. It's, it's like a radio station, you know? You, you, if you wanna listen to one frequency or another one, you just have to play a little bit with it. Yeah. No. But I have to say though, when you first connect with that feeling, yeah, you recognize it and it's so, you can't even describe it, right? It's it's such a it it's it feels like home. It feels like like just this very humble embrace of a mother. I don't know how to describe it, right? But then uh, eventually you get back into your head and you start you know on on this journey, 
it's a process to to be able to connect with that feeling of uh, of unconditional love with that healing energy it's a process to step back into that trust that we build through it you know through embracing all the things that happen to us it's a process so um for me for instance um i feel myself with this unconditional love through meditation i connect through meditation with that feeling and if when i first started um practicing meditation it was specifically important for me for that because i wanted to go out into my day connected to that you know so i would meditate in the morning and try to connect with that feeling of love because i think it's important what we bring into the world too when you go out into the world and you connect of course the day can get crazy and the ego will get in the way in a way on occasion but um so for me it was meditation i know that you noted you mentioned uh, that you started meditation what was meditation like a tool for you was it easy for you to get into and what what does that give you now like where are you at with that practice okay yeah so um initially i never would have ever seen myself meditating uh, i found it quite difficult to get into i tried it a few times um but again that was my kind of old ego structure from the lad culture the football days and i was actually judging my, my present self um this guy sat there and pretending to be someone um but this was my new path but i, I stuck at it i stuck at it and eventually it started to feel natural like you say and i i've done it every day since now since i've found that habit which i think well five years constantly i can't miss a day but yeah it was slow to get going in, in the beginning but yeah i was i was actually laughing at myself and judging myself for doing it um because i had this preconceived notion of the past that meditation was something that only you know monks did or some sort yeah. of just enlightenment but that was my ego structure of how the world was yeah. um but yeah like you say it helps you to connect with that feeling daily and i i start my day every day i have to literally i wake up it's the first thing i do that's great i do that too um do you actually do you receive more channeling like do you receive more messages through meditation now or was the book kind of a is it more now about your life or is there more projects on the way that maybe <laughs> come through for you um, i i kind of I, yeah i i get most of my messages through um meditation I'm getting to the point now where I, I can get them while I'm kind of awake because I'm I'm pretty quiet within myself. Mm. I'm quite at peace. And it's weird. It's like a voice in my chest. I don't hear it from my mind. It's like I hear it in my chest. And that sounds yeah. weird. But then I, that's how I can differentiate between kind of the chitter chatter of the mind <laughs> and the actual truth. And it will just be short little sentences, nothing too complex. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, just gentle guidance here and there, little nudges. Um, but yeah, still the majority from my mind meditation i ask the questions and i get the answers and it's yeah it's usually my heart center i just feel the answers but yeah it comes through words i know that sounds really you, you're nodding so i'm sure you, you can relate to this yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> i i do um channel information too and i do um differentiate how they how it comes in it is a completely yeah. different feeling right it, it's um yeah. it's definitely for me it's more a feeling i don't even yeah. know um, I don't hear it 
acoustically in my ear or anything like some people do that i feel it but it creates sentences like the through the feeling not through a voice or anything but rather it's a feeling more for me definitely yeah. is it like that information is carried within your body through your cells but it's carried by the sound and those sounds emit a deep a specific frequency that you will then translate into words does that make sense I, I think it's definitely a frequency that you receive and then your body has a way to transmute it into into something that you can understand right um i would yeah. say but um i never really i think i never really asked myself how exactly that plays on the physical and 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 the vibrational but it is a vibration that comes in definitely and then I think you just have to kind of, I, I think what also an important part to that, and I'm, I'm sure you can attend, attest to that, um, is trusting your intuitive guidance. Because sometimes when we hear the messages, especially when you're not really in that field, you, you know, you don't like, I think we all receive messages. Everyone receives messages. We, it's just cluttered by the chatter. And it's our distrust in our own intuitive abilities that stopped us from receiving these messages, from hearing them and from being able to interpret it too. Because sometimes we'll hear a message that doesn't make any logical sense, right? Write a book <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> and, Give up um, your job. <laughs> but then you have to kind of trust it, right? And you, you have to take it on and say, okay, there's something to it. And obviously you intuitively knew, maybe even not right away, I don't know how it was for you, but you probably intuitively knew there is something to that. Like describe, yeah. when you heard these words, how, what, what thoughts came through your mind or how did you feel about it? Literally, just because i was having long periods of nothingness where literally i wasn't i was just in the moment and then yeah write a book and it was i've never thought of it the way albert described it but i don't know did i get it from my etheric body did i feel the information and then it was translated but it was clear as day write a book and the words yeah it just kind of popped into my body it's so strange to describe um but yeah i just i just thought oh that's really interesting because that's something i would not think because to me, writing and reading is not cool because I was still in that kind of phasing out of that lad culture, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I didn't question it. I just I just did it and thought this is going to lead somewhere. This is interesting, an interesting little project. Mm -hmm. And the book just, I say, flowed. And if you talk about channeling, one of the last chapters in there, chapter 55, um, so I would wake up and meditate early in the morning and just get on the computer and just write and see what happened. And that chapter, I read, I read it back after I'd written it and I was like, I don't recognise any of this. Um, and I mean, this sounds really far-fetched and out there and cliched as well, because a lot you hear it sometimes, don't you? But I was like, I don't, I don't recognise these words and just kind of it pieced itself together. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this is quite some far-out information. Um, 
so I believe that was channeled in a way. But like you say, we, we're always channeling. Everyone always is. This is why great inventors over the world, time gone by, the, the, the ideas are out there in the ether. And this is why one person gets the same idea one part of the globe and the other gets the other. And then they argue over who came up with the same invention first. We, we're always channeling. It's just if you want to be quiet enough. Um, and yeah, I don't know if you want more detail, but that chapter 55, there's a lot of... Dean in there, I don't know if you mm -hmm. want to talk about this on this podcast, but I met an excellent, excellent medium who, again, that was another changing point. Mm -hmm. She told me things that were absolutely impossible to know. And then I would have very good conversations with Dean through this medium. Um, mm -hmm. And he, he would, would you like to hear more about this or? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I love this topic because I am a little bit of a medium myself. And um, yeah. so, I, I, yeah, go ahead. I'm all so, 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 yeah, going back to the story again. So when Dean passed, I was finding all this information. Um, I felt it. I knew it. But there was still my mind, you know, that, that, that wanted the sort of rationality that the left part of the brain. So I was like, OK. Um, and my wife's sister at the time used to see a medium. And I wasn't I didn't believe in all that. I just thought I was cool. Let her do a thing. And that's fine. And she said, look, if you're really into all this stuff, you should go and see this woman. So I thought, you know what? I'll put it to the test. That's what I'll do. I'll be a bit cheeky. So I booked an appointment off my college phone uh, at work. So there was nowhere tracing me because that wasn't read, that was registered to the college. I literally gave her my first name. Um, and that was it anyway. I mean, even if you Google my name, I didn't even give her my surname, but if somehow she found out. If you Google Dave Jones, there'd be a million Dave Joneses. It's one of the mm -hmm. most common names in the world. <laughs> so I saw this woman um, and I walked in the room and she said, um, she said, oh, you've been on a journey. And I thought, oh, yeah, yawn. I've heard it all before. Um, and she sat me down and she said, you've had an awakening. And I thought, this is interesting. Um, she said, you've had a near death experience. And I thought, oh yeah, you just, you're making up. I said, no, I haven't. I said, you're wrong. And she said, hold on. She said, hold on, bear with me. She said, well, what has, what has caused this sudden shift in your consciousness and perception? Um, she said, you've experienced that's like a near death. She said, someone's died near to you. And I was like, oh, okay. So I started to get a little bit curiosity, but I was still mm -hmm. quite close. Um, and then she said, I've got someone here who's very excited to meet you. Said he's got a tattoo all down his left arm. I said, I said okay, so Dean did. He had a mm -hmm. sleeve tattoo. That's why I held his arm as he passed his final breaths. She said, he's got a terrible cough. He, he passed with a lung condition. Well, his cystic fibrosis, his new lungs, the bronchitis. And I was like, okay. Um, and I never forget this. And she clicked her fingers, pointed at me. She said, Dino, not even Dean. We would call him Dino. Mm. She said, Dino. And I just burst out sobbing, crying. And my mind was racing. I was like, how could she know this? Um, I mean, I wasn't on Facebook at the time. Um, did she somehow find his wife and go through the profile? And all these, nothing could rational thoughts, right? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. And I, at that moment, I just... I accepted it and she gained my trust in that moment. And then she told me all the stuff. Um, he said he was so proud that we did a fun run for him. We ran on a beach. Now I hate running, but we did a 10K run on his favourite beach down in Willowcombe. 
she described the little silver car that I uh, recently mm. passed my test to and Dean was in the bath la laughing every time when I stalled it and crunched the gears. He was in the back laughing at me. Um, she described everything. She described my wife, Louise, gave me names. I mean, there was no vagueness about this, which I thought mediums were. She mm. was the real deal. Um, and ever since then, we struck up a fantastic friendship. She's a beautiful woman. And uh, yeah, I had a few more sessions with her. And Dean, I was literally getting to the nitty gritty then. I said, Dean, what are you doing? What is it like? What's it like in spirit? And his words were, he said, as long as we're in a human body, you will never, ever, ever understand what I'm doing because no words can describe it because it's formless. And I said to him, I said, well, Dean, I said, this is a triggering word for a lot of people. But I said, what, what, what about God? I mean, what, what is that? Because me and Dean never spoke about things like that when he was mm -hmm. here. Yeah, and again, he said, God is not what people think. He said, you can't and will not understand ever. Um, but which leads me back to my story about kind of channeling this off. He said, but, you know, sometimes I can just be anywhere in a fort because I am one with everything. And he said, sometimes if I see just a soul struggling on earth, I'll just pop a thought into the head. And if it's quiet enough, they will hear that thought. And, and that's not um, breaking free will because some people do ask for help sometimes. And without knowing it, they're, they're giving that free will away. So you're not breaking that divine will, um, the divine gift of free will. And he said, I will pop thoughts into people's heads. Sometimes they take them, sometimes they don't. And so that's that kind of channeling, that clarity, that inspiration that you were talking about. And yeah, yeah he told me so much more and it's just, it's all in, it's all in the book. And it's- yeah, What a beautiful story. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Um, and how great it is to have that medium that came into your life to connect to your friend on a, such a deep level, even after he passed away. and what what a big step in your awakening journey too to really connect with that and and have for your logical mind the proof that that dean that the corpse that were laying there was not dean dean was still there you know yeah. the corpse that were gone the physical existence stopped but yeah. he's always and that's exactly how i feel yeah. Um, and, and this is and this is what I've learned now to like you were saying to trust those feelings of intuition. But because our society is so mind based, we have to do everything through the mind. And again, the mind's a wonderful servant, but a lazy master. So we have to honor it. But it's got its place. But we're so intellectually driven that we shut out that intuition, like you say. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and actually, you know what? A night before I saw that medium, I had the most profound, vivid dream. And it was my nan. My nan was there and she said, you don't need to go to a medium to know I'm always here because my nan came through after Dean. Now, and I knew it, but it's, yeah, just my intellect needed that clarity. But do you know what? I, I got that proof via intellectual information in a way. Yeah. Some people still say that isn't proof and I could have rationalised everything, made it up to suit my, you know, to give me some sort of solace to soothe the pain. Yeah but I know what was real and, and now, mm. yeah, I do. I follow my heart. Yeah. Um, and can and, you just, and you just, uh, one last point and I'll let you talk. Of course, of course. You said about, this is just for anyone listening. Cause Joe said, um, Joe, the lady that read, she, she described Dean's body, like the tattoo down his thing. 
So Dean did leave his physical vehicle here. He's left his body, but that's only Dean was projecting the image of how he was in this lifetime, mm-hmm. purely so that I would recognise who he was. So he was projecting what his shell was onto Joe's consciousness, so she could dis- describe what he looked like for that validation. So I knew them. But yeah, Dean's not that body now. He's one with everything. So I'm just, yeah, just to put that out there for anyone listening that's a bit curious about that. <laughs> yeah, that is amazing. And yeah, I can understand. Uh, but every, as a, when, you, when you talk about this, it just, it just um, confirms everything that I feel about our journey in general. Everything happens for a reason and it shows up exactly when you need it. And um, sometimes you read a book and after that something happens and you find all the help you needed in exactly that book that you just read. And uh, like uh, finding a medium that can show you that connection that it still exists and really put it into the logical. And he also playing his part in describing his physical existence so that you can connect with that. I mean, how amazing is that? I'm just (laughs) blown away. And um, one thing that I can also, I I have a new friend in my life that kind of just stepped into my life recently. And we were talking with her about uh, her mom. Her mom passed away in 2015 and uh, she had cancer. And she said when she was at the funeral, she was looking at her mom and all of a sudden she felt like this isn't her. Like she felt exactly how you felt when you looked at your friend. And that is just another confirmation, exact same description. She said, I saw the body and i said goodbye to the body but i knew that she left the body that was not my mother laying there she left the body and and this feeling of having her around and stuff not everyone believes in that and um i think it's important to speak about things like that like your experience and to help people open up to that maybe because i know for me it gave me a lot of peace when um, people who are passing away in our family and when you lose people like that, but then you believe in that connection and your belief becomes stronger and you know that if you have something to say, you know how sometimes people say, I never got to say that to that person. You can always mm. say that to that person because they're always around you. It's such a beautiful thing. and. Um, it's so it's it's also very comforting but people often say to me you know back to your logical and how that all connects people often say to me when i say like on this journey of spiritual awakening you hear something and you resonate with it and you know it's the truth you don't have to question it intuitively you are connected with that you feel it and people say to me well but how do you know and you can't describe it, right? You just feel, you know. It's like maybe it's just we remember a little bit. Yeah. You yeah. you 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 pick my thought. <laughs> like everything in reality, when we recognize something, in reality, we are remembering. Yeah, because in general, I mean we remember because we're always connected to everything we are part of everything 
it's just when we're in this physical existence we we are closed off to seeing some of it and feeling some of it and you know yeah. every one of us who's who's gone through through this awakening i know it sounds so cliche but it kind of opens you up to that a little bit more you know and incredible yeah, you, story not not everything has to make sense or to be proven yeah but not everyone is i don't know ready to make that step you know they need they are they are so conditioned that that thing that they are experiencing and they are choosing not to trust it it can't be real for them so these things can happen to us but if we are still asleep we won't feel them we I won't see them we won't remember them yeah yeah i, I, I do it's, think yeah it's like fear though, isn't it that's all it is because it's fearful to think that what you thought was reality as such is actually not. And not that your whole life's been a lie, but oh, actually my life is so much more than I thought it was. And I think that's what scares people. Yeah. So sometimes it's a lot, lot easier. And this is the no judgment because sometimes I think, oh, do you know what? It would be nice to kind of just <laughs> have the blinkers on sometimes and forget all that I do know. And if a brief moment, but yeah, sometimes I can understand why people would want to stay in the safety lane of what they know. Yeah. And I think that's important for everyone to just accept everyone where they are and give them their yeah. space. You know, there's no right or wrong to where you are. And yeah. if someone is listening today and we're speaking about mediums and this unconditional love and they cannot resonate with that and they say, what a bowl of crap you know it's okay that's where you are yeah. right now that's fine i know this is what gives me peace uh, in my heart and that gives me strength and i know you found that and albert you of course too um and but this is also i see that in the spiritual community sometimes but you have to think that way or we like try to kind of add these ideas but look at it from a different perspective and i think you can plant seeds you can share your story and i think it's incredibly important to share your story because you never know who it's going to inspire and who is going to be opened up through that and every time we share our story through your book like what a wonderful gift to the world by the way i can't wait to read it now <laughs> through your book you know you share these stories you share these experiences and someone out there will read exactly that book and it will be exactly the time when he needs to read or she needs to read and to to feel all of that to bring that strength into them and to it's just the way of sharing love really you know yeah and you know I, i've had so many strangers from literally all over the world contacting me saying how that book has helped i mean it's it's reached more of an audience than i thought it ever would um <laughs> And yeah, and they just said that it just it just makes sense. Um, but I, I wrote that book kind of in a way to Dave Jones ten years ago, when all my con I was just concerned about drink and drugs, and that was it. 
Mm. Um, so I kind of wrote it to him with kind of language that he would understand. But still, had he have read it, because he was in so much pain that I'd not come to depths with the past or looked at it or acknowledged any emotions, like you say, Mila, I, I couldn't hear it. I wouldn't have been able to hear it, literally. Even if the truth is right in front of you, you cannot hear it because unless you, you're ready, it just won't happen. It has to be an organic process, I believe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, and I think this is another thing with that I kind of learned as well, that the ego will adapt to things and it will adapt to thinking, oh, I'm now this spiritual guru and, oh, I'm better than everyone else. And, oh, look at all those people that are asleep. Mm. And that's so wrong because yes. that, that's judgment. <laughs> And then I think back to Dave Jones 10 years ago, and that's not fair on him because that's where he needed to be. And this is where I am now. So it's helped me cultivate more love and compassion that way rather than the, the judgmental side, which I did in the early days slip down. But again, that was a path of learning that's led me to where I am now. Absolutely. I can also relate to that. There were things in my past that I've done that I, at some point when I started to awaken, I was like feeling a lot of guilt and walk, working through a lot of things, whether it happened to me and then gi giving myself blame for things that happened to me. And but all of that, you know, it's a process of healing and learning. And um, eventually you see it, you know, you continue. I think, um, you can get scared on this journey. Once you begin this awakening journey, there will be a time where you get stuck. It was for me, and I hear that from some people too that I work with, um, that you get stuck on this journey. You get scared, or you feel like you're not moving forward, or all these emotions of guilt and, and pain and, and, and fear come up. And you get so overwhelmed by it, but that you just want to like dig yourself into a hole and stay there. You just don't want to deal with it. And that can create, I think I had like about a year or so where I felt like I was lagging back on my journey. Like I had this awakening and then all of a sudden I felt like, what am I doing now with my, like, I felt so lost. Yeah. Because all of these emotions came up and it's a lot to deal with sometimes, you know, but to sort through it. But what I've learned from me and also from people that I work with that have been on the journey, once you've started, there's really no going back. Once you've seen it, there's no way to unsee it. You may get stuck for a year or maybe it will be longer or maybe it will be a short period. Then eventually you will feel it again and you will get there because once you've seen it you cannot unsee it but yeah your your story yeah i totally feel it and it feels like we kind of experienced awakenings in a similar way and i know they can happen in a multitude of ways um yeah, but yeah it, it's lovely to hear your story and i know about your story because i was following you um when you first got into instagram and you used to yeah. do the i remember you did one and you were walking in the woods one day and you just opened up and shared your horrible traumatic experiences that happened in the past yeah. and are so blown away and touched by it that you felt brave enough to share that and i was like wow like that's puts yeah. my problems into like nothingness really <laughs> but this like, is this is exactly what i was talking about when i was talking about traumatic or past negative 
experiences. I don't feel that way about it anymore. There's nothing, nothing for me to forgive. Yeah. It's just was part of my journey and I accepted all as is. And it, it somehow shaped me to who I am. Now, I'm not saying that you need to have that in your life. Yeah. Of course not. But somehow that was part of my journey and it, it, it is okay that, you know, I let go of that experience now and I embrace what I've learned from it and I'll take it with me to the next yeah, in the next stage. So amazing. Yeah. But at the same time, um, if you now were to tell that version of you or that, you know, this is all happening for a reason, that person then couldn't have heard it, could they? They wouldn't want to hear it before the pain. And I think this is sometimes where like spiritual judgment can come in because we know of kind of why and things happen in a way. Mm. We don't know 100%, but we yeah, have a clue. But that sometimes that can lead away from compassion and just being human and your humanity. So do you know what's to still have, like I say, humanity, um, compassion for people that are going through challenging things mm -hmm. i would never dream of saying anyone that's just in i don't know the depths of pain i never dream of saying to them oh you know it's all meant to be and it'll all of work. course not no yeah you just even though i can see you know 10 years from now this is going to hopefully propel you into just pure growth but yeah. just to be just to be with that person in that moment and just love mm -hmm. them uh, yes with, and that was or anything just yeah that was exactly it at some point i looked um through my mind's eyes at that person and i worked through that situation and i thought how much pain he must have carried to have done that to someone and um there is no justification for a rape and since we're talking about it, i might as well say it um i was raped when i was 17 there's no justification for that, N never. Yeah. And yeah, things happen for a reason and it is part of our journey. But when I talk about me embracing all of my past experiences, I'm talking about me putting it sort of in the past and letting it go. Because you will experience trauma in your life sometimes and you should feel the feelings that come up you should not push your feelings away you should feel through them but you cannot get stuck in those feelings because what happened in the past i cannot change yeah but i can be a good person now i can move on from it i can learn from it i can be there for others who experience something like that because i can feel that experience and i can as a coach or someone i can give them some sort of support and guidance and that you know so i think from everything that happens i've learned to take a lesson with me and just say okay this happened i can't change it today is a new day and i'm gonna be the best me that i can and i'm not gonna let some past experience make me small or put me in the corner. I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to shine my light that I'm here to shine and everything else I'm going to put behind yeah. me. So. That's beautiful. I love it. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's so brave. Yeah. And yeah, that's true. Like yeah. spiritual alchemy. That is just, yeah. <laughs> I guess this happens to all of us, you know, like 
when we get stuck in our emotions and then we accept them. And <clears throat> I, I mentioned this because my vision around this is pretty similar than Mila's and yours. In order for me to be able to move on and forgive myself for, for those actions that I did back then, I will say to myself, I did my best, but being mindful of the situation and the level of awareness that I had then. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And it's also, I think, sorry. Yeah, yeah I think, Albert was just doing all he knew, yeah? That's all he could do. Yeah. And I, I think it's also just thinking back to the past, whether you did something, where someone did something to you, it's about that experience can very quickly take control of your life if you don't let go of it, if you can't let go of it. So for me, it was about taking control back of my life, taking it back taking my life back away from the pain or trauma or whatever, you know, I, I can, and I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying there is a process that's easy, but um, it's just about deciding for me, you know, I'm in control of my life. No past experience will control my life. I am in control of my life. I will choose my thoughts. I'll create my reality by, choosing positive thoughts by sharing love with people because when you share love you feel yourself with love and it's just a beautiful thing you know so that's all we can do is all about taking back what's ours taking our life back you know yeah and we we're talking a little bit about guilt before and um i think you had some good thoughts on that guilt yeah, guilt's the one. So the first three years of my awakening um, were all fantastic and roses and unicorns. And I thought everything was like, wow, this is incredible. And manifestations were happening so quickly. And I mean, that's another topic about creating your own reality. But yeah, literally my life took a huge shift because I got my thoughts and uh, in check. Um, but then... The past year just gone 2022 was really really tough and dark and I, I really had a lot of health struggles and a lot of health challenges um and when you get to learn to understand how the chakras work and what they're kind of holding on to and the stuff that's kind of bogging them down and whatnot um guilt is a very yeah i mean it, every emotion has its place not to label them or judge them but it can be really toxic to the body if held onto and you won't pass it or it's a constant negative loop of thoughts in your head and yeah i made myself so ill through last year through through spiritual guilt of okay now i'm this spiritual person um but i wrote those things in the book and should i have written those things and oh actually some of those things have changed slightly now and i feel guilty for not writing them or should I have written them? And should I be doing this? And should I be doing that? And really quite like neurotic thought patterns. 
Um, and yeah, this this went on for a year, and I kept becoming ill. I was okay, so I keep becoming ill. My body's trying to tell me something. What is it? And I just had a huge heart chakra blockage due to the guilt and the trauma and the self punishment I was putting myself through, and the inner critic constantly within me. Um, so yeah, th th this is one. Um, obviously, we, we've been raised. Our culture has been raised. Uh, in shame and guilt i mean the education system there's a lot of shame and guilt if you're mm -hmm. not up to par you're not good enough bottom of the class um parents still from all kind of victorian era filtering down through generations raised in shame and guilt this is how you raise children because yes. they're such powerful sort. and then so this is if this is in your subconscious this is all you know then this is how you will deal with things so the whole guilt thing came out of me and then we get onto the topic of healing, which is what last year was for me. And it's about purging all that old guilt and gunk and emotions that I thought I'd clearly dealt with, but I hadn't. <laughs> My body was telling me otherwise. And yeah. But you know what? This is going to sound weird. I kind of enjoyed it <laughs> looking back on it now because I feel like I've made a breakthrough in the past month. But it's it, again, it's all part of the journey. And I tried not to judge it. I'm getting better. Yes. Everything's a learning curve. But yes. it was, um, yeah, it was quite dark. And but I've got, I've got through it. So yeah, guilt and shame are the ones, and you can get that in toxic spirituality as well. I found so. Yes. Can any of you guys relate to that? Is that absolutely? I think yeah, yeah. We talked about it a little bit before that you go through these stages of spiritual yeah. development. Um, or, or call it your journey to self, call it spiritual development, whatever it is for our listeners, whatever you resonate with. But when you go through that and you feel these emotions, like we're talking about guilt and fear that comes up, it can get you stuck a little bit and then you move on. But I can totally resonate when you say, I kind of enjoyed it because I had a really interesting, to say the least, year, 2022. Um, two jobs that are non-existent now, <laughs> one that I've been in for 10 years and another one that I've only been in for six months. I, I had a, a, a kind of a major surgery in the beginning of the year and I had some skin cancer problems, um, which I'm dealing with at the moment still. And looking back at that year, and I talked about it in the last episode, I feel nothing but grateful because in a way it all works out it all has made sense for me and i look back and i think okay great what's next you know next something new is coming like when the job uh, my next uh, my new job um when i lost that job i was like great something new is coming i'm open you know and and when i look at the physical all that's bubbling through um also teaching me for one to be present in the moment like to bring your attention back to your body to listen more to it and by also to ask yourself what is bubbling within me what is coming out what is all this because i strongly believe that all our physical phys uh, symptoms have an emotional thing behind them something that we didn't deal with and and I do energy healing for me. It's uh, it's a uh, just um, every time that I have a physical symptom, I go back 
um, to see what's behind it. It's all a learning process. I will never consider myself, oh, I'm there now. I got it. I think we learn all our life and then many life after that, when we re reincarnate, we just continue learning. That's the fun part of life. <laughs> but it was I, a crazy I, year. I've read in Osho's book that some cultures were thinking that not going through this process of reincarnating over and over and over again means in reality that you reached your purpose and all the water in your within your body goes back into the oceans you know and it's a journey of transformation and i think that that's why we we say we are all one and we are in everything you know because parts of us return themselves from where they came from yeah that's definitely it. there's a lot of in the spiritual communities there's a lot of this um us going home us going home to love, going home to where we're born from. People talk about that. And I do have, I do understand that feeling for me, it had more to do with when people were dying, that realization, what happens after. And of course, we never know for sure, but this is what I resonate with. Everyone should uh, listen to, to their own intuition, of course. But, um, but then I will hear people that will say, this is my last life on earth. I just want to go home. I don't ever want to reincarnate. And when I hear that, I feel a little bit, this is their experience and you have to not judge it, but it's like you're here and all you think about is going back home to this place that you have in your mind where you're connected with love and you're not in, on earth anymore. But while you're thinking that you are on earth and you're missing the life that you have, <laughs> you know, you're here to enjoy this moment. And really, what, what, what else is there? All we have is this moment, you know, and we have to give this moment all of ourselves because tomorrow is not a given for any of us, but right now we can enjoy it. Our, people talk about purpose a lot and i i believe that purpose our purpose is to enjoy life is to be true to who you are and really enjoy life and live in the moment because yeah. this every life is just a, a just a pile of moments <laughs> but if the if the journey still goes on i mean how do, do we really stop to exist at some point? What do you think, Dave? What is your take on that? Um, well, okay. So, so just touching on what you said first, um, I, I was really guilty of pushing humanity away in the beginning of my awakening because it was all, 
oh yeah i've got to just be in a, a renunciate and give up everything and be holy um but like you say nothing could be further from the truth because we chose to be here this is what i believe i believe we chose to be here in this moment and if you can't see whatever the word, I don't like using the word God because it's triggering people. But if you can't see God or the unity or totality in this very moment right now here as we are speaking, you're missing the point. I think that's how I feel, because this is everything. This is the eternal now. This is all everything will ever be in this moment. So if you're pushing away to go back home, which, yes, I do believe we return to, mm-hmm. but you're not enjoying your holiday as such as I like to call it on a holiday then yeah you're missing it um mm-hmm. I was guilty of that it took me a while to to get to it but yeah we're just learning how to be human and to be spiritual in the physical and to mm-hmm. literally create heaven on earth yeah we're like little so babies was... learning how to walk <laughs> yeah yeah that's it that's it totally <laughs> and that can take how many other rounds of birth and death that needs to take because you know, there's no rush, there's no time, there's no finish line. We're just here. Yeah. Um, so, Albert, what Albert? What did you say after that? Sorry about infinity. Was that something or? If we ever know? stop to exist, you said no. Yeah, yeah. Oh. If this is all loop, basically. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah that's an interesting one isn't it that's a can of worms we could talk about forever (laughs) i um from what i've learned there is no finish line you just keep evolving nothing ever started so therefore there's no finish we just are um but at the same time in the complete paradox everything will one day return to the light and then I've read in multiple various sources that it kind of explodes and just starts all over again. As that makes it sound like really grand. It, make, say, but <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. But, but if, we're, if we're eternal and this is the moment now, we're here and now in unconditional love, what else are we going to do? What else are we going to do apart from explore and have adventures and relearn and step into the darkness to reawaken and remember our inner divinity and pure potential and light so i believe the the polarity of darkness allows the light of source to expand even more because without those polarities there's no growth definitely and this is exactly the polarity is exactly what i'm talking about when i say uh, we validate something as negative or positive, but really we can't see the light without the dark. We can't see the dark without the light. There's always a balance in things and as bad as things may seem, everything has a place in it. And I know this may not be very popular when I say this, you know, for, for everyone, but, um, Unfortunately, if I don't have a day in my life when I'm sad, how will I know that I'm happy? Yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> how how do you know how do you know what happiness is if you've never been sad or unhappy in your life? You know, if everything is just a constant state of being and there is no polarity, yeah. um, then how how do you experience things? this is what i've read in a lot of various materials and channelings i've listened to and all texts written at different times of history 
the earth is a very unique place because of the, the polarity and the duality. And there are other planets to go and other dimensions to learn in, but they're not as rich as this. And it really does excel the soul, um, the soul's growth, which is why there are more people here now than ever. I think there's probably about 8 billion or something. I don't know the figures. Mm -hmm. um, but this is why souls are choosing to come now because it is a hot spot for polarity and growth. And it, it's so unique. And in the terms of eternity, it's literally the blink of an eye. That's a lifetime. Like the amount of times we have blinked our eyes while having this conversation, they're lifetimes just going by, flick, flick, flick. And, and that's all it is mm -hmm. to the soul. And I know it's, it's so difficult when we're here sometimes and it's so tough. And I have compassion for everyone because I've been there. And it, it's horrible sometimes, I get that. But at the same time, if you take the bird's eye view of things, to me, it makes sense. It does make sense. And... Mm -hmm. But yeah, but it's it's not having that spiritual aloofness as well, detachment. It's about being human, embracing the humanity and having compassion for people that are in pain and yeah. not to say, oh, well, you know, it's all going to happen for a reason and, and this will work. out. No, no, you don't. You, people don't want to hear that in the moment. No, because Dave Jones, 10 years ago, when he's in complete pain on drugs to end his life, I didn't want to hear that. I just wanted love at that time. And that's all it boils down to all the time. It's just love and being with yes. people in a loving, compassionate present moment. And that's all it is. So yeah. I feel like I've gone off on one there, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, absolutely. And, you know, when I say it all happens for a reason, this is something that I discovered for myself. This is what how I view things. That doesn't mean that, like, I say it to everyone or something. And um, because... And like I said, we always have to feel our feelings. You know, if we are in pain, we're never supposed to push away those feelings. We should feel the pain. And yes, that's the time to give people compassion and stuff. Definitely. It's all about being there in our human experience and, and just embracing that. Because our feelings are part of our human experience. That's what we're here, you know. We're, we're learning through them and growing through them and hopefully we have more nice experiences than bad ones but yeah. do you feel that everything happens with a reason is this could mean the same thing as everything it's interconnected yeah yeah 100 mm -hmm. i mean Again, if people are still after the kind of rationality and left-minded proof, then I'm really fascinated by quantum physics. And I don't for one minute pretend to understand some of the concepts. They baffle my mind. But, I mean, science will now show that everything is interconnected and everything is a dance of energy and one action will affect another, be it in a, a linear or non-linear fashion it's all happening at once it's this huge and yet everything is interconnected and it's happening for a reason through cause and effect whatever laws you want to call it um karma is mm. a very great term karma's a distorted term mm. um but yeah it's everything happens for a reason i believe and yeah we're creating it on some sort of subconscious level yeah definitely and um then, of course, there's this uh, topic of soul contracts. I don't know if you resonate with that, that a soul comes in with a particular yeah. contracts 
um, particular things that are supposed to achieve or live through or be for someone or whatever it is uh, in that soul contract. And I think sometimes um, when, when I resonated for the first time with that idea of a soul contract, when I first heard it and I began to understand the meaning of it, for me, it was like, okay, there is sometimes a soul that comes in and leaves after two years, only being born after two years. Uh, I have a, a cousin whose son passed away on leukemia after two, two years being here. And it was incredibly difficult experience. And I didn't know how to put that into this spiritual understanding of things. And until event, uh, eventually I heard, I think it was, it's his name, Harry Zukov. Um, he's also uh, an author. I don't know. I don't want to say it wrong now. But uh, anyway, he was talking about it. And he said, you know, some souls just have a short journey. They come here to do exactly that. They came here. They lived exactly what they were supposed to live here. It's not like it's gonna make it easier for me to lose that little baby but eventually understanding the point of the soul's journey helped me deal with it you know helped me um and then of course there'll be people that will be asking but what if it's all not true and i say well then i don't know i resonate with it and it helps me personally so i accept it as my truth do we ever know what's true? We never really 100% know. We never do. But I know that this view, this perception of soul's journey has helped me tremendously to deal with things in life, things that happen to me or like losing that little baby in our family, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that in what I felt, about that specific case of the baby while you were talking about it, I felt like they, this child and his parents had this contract that they will learn together and the child will teach them how to, how to basically learn how to get over that grief and still find the enjoyment out of life. Did they have more kids after They that? have another son and he's wonderful and healthy and beautiful and very, very smart. And yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I felt that. It's a hard journey, but uh, like is. I said, it doesn't take away from the from the pain that they've experienced or the pain that I've experienced back then, but it helps you just kind of make sense of it all, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. For example, yeah. in in my last relationship, which you know very good, I always, not always, for a long period of time. I was upset with my partner that he doesn't love me, you know? But in the end, I've learned that I can love myself, you know? 
So that is a contract right there. Again, uh, we will incarnate in this reality. We will meet at some point and I will make you or I will teach you to love yourself in this life. So maybe from the human perspective, my old self, I, I will have this idea that in reality, he hurted me. But as Dave said, if we step, if we take a step back and we look with the bird's eye view over that problem, maybe he just teached me how to love myself. And not only love yourself, but also understand that you deserve better, you know? obviously a hard lesson to learn but you you learn yeah. through that that you do deserve better eventually you understand this relationship is not good for me and i deserve better and i i'm allowed to have better you know and you yeah. eventually step out of that because you know you deserve better yeah absolutely a great lesson you know to take and learn and he was i'm sure a very important part of your journey an important soulmate in your life definitely yeah they're, they're um interesting soul contracts and i actually i wrote about um a child's passing in my book um what a friend experienced and i didn't want to write about it initially because you know it, it can come across as sick in a way can't it writing about things like that and trying to justify yeah. it but i took the gamble i was brave because my, my heart told me to um and yet it did ultimately galvanize the family and it did bring them closer because they were very fragmented at the time. But the family in question did lose a child very young. I mean, to the human mind, it's horrible. It's terrible. It, it's sick, isn't it? But again, just take a step back. Like you say, it resonates with me and it makes sense. Um, and I've heard that quite advanced, loving, compassionate souls will take the role of children that choose to leave the earth early again mm -hmm. I, I don't know i don't know like you say no one knows but this is just it kind of makes sense to me in a weird convoluted way yeah um and albert like you say with your partner um these soul contracts or or soulmates um again the term soulmates has been confused sometimes i feel it's just a soulmate can be an enemy um you know a lover yeah. a friend um someone on the street you pass one day that teaches you a, a profound lesson that you need yeah. to learn um and then they, they come and go out your life and trigger such extreme emotions but that's their job and then they're gone and if it, like albert says if it's to learn self-love then which i'm finding out is one of the toughest things to do it's yeah. probably <laughs> the thing but then when you have that ultimate self-love and no guilt and no shame towards yourself then you can shine that to other people and kind of help other people yeah. light their candles so they can explore their inner light as well yeah. So, so yeah these soulmates I, I, my, my ex-partner was um before i met my wife she was a huge soulmate and she taught me so much so many karmic lessons um it, it's beautiful in hindsight but again when i was in that relationship i was hating it and angry and so you really need that hindsight to look back on things to understand it yeah that's all part of it and I do, I do see it the same way as you do. Soulmate is just anyone who 
has a purpose in your life and it could be as short as one minute yeah. uh, you know uh, th those uh, connections th i mean some soulmates are here to be with you for a while and some are here for a short time and um but that's one of the one of the biggest lessons i think that uh, for me that i've taken from all of the experiences on my journey is to look at everything and ask what am i what have i learned from this what is it teaching me not why is it happening to me but what is it teaching me if you go at life with that question then everything is really in some way is a blessing or you know it, you can find a blessing in everything i guess and um yeah totally. just totally. And I'm finding out more recently as well that anything that triggers you, anything that triggers you is your best friend and you embrace it. Now, obviously, um, in the past, anything that triggers you, you meet it with anger and aggression or want to block it out. Oh, that person's, oh, that person's this. Oh, you're triggering me, you're triggering me. But actually, these are blessings in disguise because these are things you need to heal and work on. And Absolutely. Thing I've learned. And soulmates will trigger wounds in you. They will poke your wounds until you're ready to embrace them. If not, you keep attracting the same people into your life until you get the message. Oh, actually, maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> maybe. <it's> <laughs> yeah, but no, that with triggers, definitely. I had a. Um, I remember when I first realized that I had a colleague in my old uh, job that constantly triggered me and I was so angry at her and I thought there's got to be a different way to look at this I mean this keeps happening to me with her constantly and it's like this constant dance back and forth and and one day it just came to me and I thought but why am I being triggered what is being triggered inside of me she's constantly showing me a side of me I just felt insecure in a certain area of my job and she kept triggering that insecurity in me. You know, I was great at a lot of things, but there were things that I was insecure about and she kept triggering that part. And it's not something that now that I see it, I can't be angry at her for that. Because without that, how would I ever see him that I'm really insecure about that? So now once I see it and I become aware of what the trigger, what what's behind this trigger, now I have the opportunity to work with it and grow from it and learn with. And now when I went into the next job, I was fully aware of that insecurity. So I was stepping into it in a totally different way. So I can only thank her for triggering me. So now every time people trigger me, I do get angry sometimes. Don't get me wrong. I'm just a person. <laughs> so I have my emotions and sometimes they fly wild, but I can look back at these emotions and, and I don't get stuck in them. That's the only difference. And I can become more aware or ask those questions, you know? Yeah. I've, I've learned that what we're judging others actually part of what we're judging within ourselves. Um, so if we're, um, if something needs healing, we will judge that in another. Or if something we'd actually like to be, we judge that in another two. Um, a quick example, there used to be this this woman I work with now, we're really good friends now, but when I first started my job, 
we'd have these huge uh, meetings in front of both colleges and she would openly speak her mind every time and it would really get to me and I was like why is the why is that one person that just stands up and just speaks I was like can't you just be quiet now in hindsight really I've never had the confidence to do that because I had such weak throat chakra and solar plexus and this is and that's childhood issues because I was taught to be quiet and not speak up so that's why it was being triggered me because secretly I would love to be that person I would love to be that woman to stand up in a room full of hundreds of people and speak my mind openly without fear of judgment so now I can see actually that woman is a great teacher and we're really good friends now and I've told her this and it's great (laughs) that's amazing yeah definitely yeah great stuff do you want to tell us a little bit more maybe before we wrap up about your book where can we find it where we where can we find you um it is it sounds incredible to me i can't wait to read it and once i read it we'll have another episode so we can actually talk a little more in detail about the content um I mean, we were connected on Instagram for a while and I always loved your posts and everything and loved your support. And it's amazing how life brings people together, right? How this soul tribe was created when you open yourself up and become true to who you are. For me, that page was like coming out of the closet. That was that, was that page for me in spiritual sense. You know, that was like, I am gonna be true to who I am. I'm going to talk about my spirituality and it opened that door for me and brought this tribe in. You know, I met so many incredible people. You, you know, Albert, I've created so many friendships and I'm sure we will be in contact too. I mean, <laughs> um, it's it's just amazing what, what that, what what being yourself and opening up to who you are can really create around you you know you yeah, start attracting right. people that are true true to themselves as well and yeah yeah and the doors it will open um so yeah the, the book's on amazon it's available in paperback and a kindle version mm-hmm. um people keep bugging me to record an audio but oh, i just i'm trying to get around of it I've, I've recently become a father so it's very difficult at the moment um yeah audio books are popular at the moment yeah. Yeah. well I, I, you know what i do most of my learning in my car driving just listening yeah there. um well I'm, I'm trying to write my second book as well at the moment but yeah so mm-hmm. I've, got, I've got a daughter now and it's <laughs> life's a little bit more juggling a balancing act um but yeah so it's on amazon for anyone that would like to read okay it. so um, it's the awakening of death by john uh by dave john david e jones i've david used david e. jones. okay i want to sound like a, a casual okay. dave yeah. <laughs> yeah um i'll put it in the description uh in our podcast so people can find you a little bit easier yeah what an incredible story and Thank you so much for being here and sharing that with us. I just loved every minute of it. And Albert, thank you for your wisdom that you always bring. You're such a ray of light in my life anyway. So I love having you both on here. I didn't want to talk a lot in this episode because I was so anxious and excited in the same time to see how you and they will click 
you know yeah because and, we haven't met before this was the yeah, first yeah, time yeah, meeting yeah, yeah, yeah. um on a video you know we've mm -hmm. communicated on instagram but never really and i think it was wonderful i felt i felt like the energy was super <laughs> isn't it yeah i enjoyed it very much so thank everyone thank you everyone for being here and listening to us and please go check out dave's book uh, i mean after you've heard the story i'm sure you will be all excited to look into it and um i am sure your book will find exactly the people that are meant to read it yeah. and you recording it will happen in divine timing as it always does everything happens in divine timing just like our meeting today everything <laughs> in divine timing thank you so much everyone